And now for the moment that you've all been waiting for. From the land of the rising sun to just north of the border, strong style meets street style on this very podcast. Because you're looking at the Saitama Saint, the Osaka Superstar, the Mad Titan of Tokyo, the American Kaiju. Oh, but wait, there's more. Tonight, you're going to get two Hogsmen for the price of one. He's the ombre with no nombre. He's mi hermano from another mamo. He's the world's greatest Rudo, El Numero Uno. That's right. You're listening to one of the three Hogsmen. Big Duke couldn't make it this week. Maybe next week. And Devin, not here once again. He's uh he's got some stuff going on, some family stuff. There was a death in the family. They got to go take care of some stuff. And uh, so yeah, he's uh he's busy at the moment. But myself and the trooper, not producer Adam, is here once again. And it is what is it, December fifteenth? It's a Tuesday yes. night. We're talking something's wrestling. Yeah. Still in a pandemic, so Still there's not pandemic. much going on. Still in a pandemic. How you doing? I'm good. How was the weekend? Great. Uh, the only two fantasy football leagues I was in, I won. Nice. Basketball's coming back next week, so. Oh, really? Yep. December 22nd's opening night. And they're starting the bubble again, huh, and all nope. that stuff? No uh, bubble They're this time? going to do, what they did is they announced, like, the beginning part of the schedule, uh-huh. and then I guess is it will go on, oh, but they're doing, like, what baseball and basketball did. They're just traveling. Some peop- some places are going to have fans. Some won't. Huh. And they're just going to go back to normal season because they wanted to start it later. But a lot of these teams that didn't go into the bubble yeah. haven't played basketball in nine months. Yeah. So it's like the like the shitty teams, like the teams like my team, the Knicks. They haven't played since <laughs> since everything got locked down in February or whenever the NBA season stopped when Rudy Gobert tested positive. So yeah, I mean next week they're going to start up and. Hopefully it goes without any troubles. But Interesting. You've seen what's happened with with football. Yeah, they've well, had their struggles sometimes. Hey, man, but they've made it happen this season. Yeah. You know, which they, they've had to shuffle around some players, shuffle around some games. Uh, but you know what? They're making it happen. A lot of people did not think that it would get this far. Yeah, and it was almost like you get you get in trouble for saying this, but it was almost like people were rooting for like live sports to fail. Yeah. Almost like, and I'm like, I can see that. I get, I guess that's like something to root for, but I mean, you for the first couple of months of this thing, we were all just sitting in our houses, like with nothing to watch, nothing to do. Like, yeah. At least now it's like on Thursday, like oh, football's on. I yeah, watch football. And next week, yeah, yeah, I got basketball again. Like, there's something to watch at least now. Whereas in the beginning, it was like, let's all watch The Office for the 55th time together. Uh, like, you know what I mean? Yeah, I, I I don't understand why anybody would want sports and stuff like that to fail with all this COVID stuff because, man, if if like sports if 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 leagues are successful in getting through, you know, the pandemic and and getting a season, you know, if they're getting a full season or you know even like a you know half season or whatever. Good man, it means like, hey, we can do this. That's a template for what other leagues can do. Exactly to continue there. It's like what basketball is doing now. Like, you know, some places like I know in Florida, there's going to be fans at games in Florida, but like you know, here there's obviously not going to be fans at Lakers or Clippers games. Or, yeah, 
you know, it's different everywhere. And that's fine. Like, it's fine to set your own rules how you want them with this stuff right now. But, you know, it's also yeah. weird and complicated. Like, you watch football sometimes. Like, you watch the game last night. It was made more enjoyable by the fans being there for the game. I didn't catch the game last night. Uh, so, where they play it? It was Cleveland. And they had... Ohio's, yeah. Ohio's one of the states where they let... So, Cleveland games and Bengals games, they have fans. They have, like, what? Just it's, a X yeah. amount of capacity? Yeah, it's, like, either half or one-third or something. One-fourth or something. I don't know. Well, that's good. But, yeah, like, the game was, you know, better than... Like, the game on Sunday... I don't know if you saw the game Sunday night, but they played at an empty Buffalo stadium that yes. was dimly lit like a WWF house show in the 80s. Yeah. It was totally silent, except when something would happen, you hear the people on the sidelines screaming. But yeah, I know it's 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 very uh, apparent what's going on when you see games like that. Yeah. It's just like, oh. Just that was a good game on Sunday night, too, man. It was, the, yeah. the Bills. It was the Steelers, right? They played the Steelers. Yep. The Bills look great, man. The Bills looked really, really good. Um, it's so funny whenever I see the Bills because I, I all I can remember is the three times they went to the Super Bowl and didn't and didn't yeah win any of them. But still, they went to the Super Bowl three times in a row. Yeah, some like, fan bases are never gonna have that. <laughs> like, <laughs> I, w- I would love for the Chargers to go to the Super Bowl three times, and even if they lost, I'd be like, so what? They still yeah, went to the, They went ninety four, right? And that was like the last time they went. Five or ninety six. Oh, they got they got smoked by the, by Niners, the Niners, right? Got destroyed. It wasn't even a game. But uh, yeah, man. So my weekend was pretty pretty dull, man. Like it just my wife uh, flew out to Hawaii on Thursday. She went there to go visit some friends. So I had the the house to myself uh, all weekend. Did not do anything. Not that I can recall, at least. Uh, pretty boring. Pretty boring. That is pretty much the template for most weekends at yep, this point. It's yep. what can you do? Nothing. Yep. Great. Got down on my Peloton a few times, and uh, oh, last night uh, went and did uh, Muay Thai for about uh, two hours. That was fun. Um, there's a gym that I joined, and they're just kind of doing uh, open gym kind of stuff. I saw you post something where it was Muay Thai, and you burned like 1,400 calories or something. Yeah. I was like, Jesus Christ. That is my my heart rate monitor thing. It's called a Whoop. But, uh, yeah, they kind of like it helps you kind of like figure out like, hey, are you going too hard, too much? Because that was the problem, dude, that like I had that problem going on. Like I was training like twice a day. You know, I would go to like L.A. Fitness and then I would go do like a night class. And I was I didn't realize like, hey, man, age is caught up to me and my body's like, fuck off, dude. You're not doing these two a days, five days a week, you know. And then. so I kind of had to just like figure that kind of stuff out. And so this helps me monitor a little bit more of, Hey, you can go hard this day and then take this day off or maybe just tone it down a little bit. Yeah. And then, you know, it just helps you your workouts. But, uh, yeah, this gym I joined, they're just doing open gym. So there was like me and three other cats there. Not going to say what gym it is. Why? Because loose lips sink ships, my friend. And I want this place to stay open. So, but it was fun, man. I go there and uh, the trainer is really good. He, uh, he was a champion back when he was a kid. I think he was like, he was like a world champion back in like 1999. We're around the same age. So I'm guessing around like 17. It's so funny. These like Muay Thai fighters, they are like washed up by the time they're like 22. 
because they start young. Yeah. They fight young and then they just put so much abuse on their body that they're by the time they're 22, 23, 24, their, their body's like, Nope, I'm done, man. And you're kind of like a washed up fighter. It's crazy. He, this guy, uh, he actually lived out in Thailand for like six years or something like that and would do fights like every weekend, basically. And I asked him like, how many, how many fights did you have? And he goes, Oh, only a few. And I'm like, how many is that? And he goes, and he said like 268. And I just was like, are you nuts? That's a few. And he goes, uh, the average is like 300. And I'm just like, holy crap, man. No wonder they get burnt out. Yeah. So quickly, like, yeah, that's a lot of, ass- that's a, that's a lot of punishment on your body. So, uh, but when did that, that's a lot of fun. It helps keep my mind, uh, straight, I guess you could say. And, uh, you know, you got to find something to do nowadays. Luckily, that's a pretty common, uh, like fighters, like that are learning how to fight. That's one of the disciplines they like learning the most. So if you are, if you were a Muay Thai fighter when you were younger, you can probably make good money training afterwards. Oh, like training people. Yeah. Cause like, yeah. I think that's like, uh, what Batista started to do after he left wrestling. I think he got more into jujitsu, but maybe. Yeah, I know, maybe. I th- yeah. I, I just I know I know CM Punk did the same thing. He started doing Muay Thai. Like, yeah, it just is it just feels like something like you might get burnt out and you might body get broken down, but at least you you know you can have a career training other people how to do it. Yeah, you know? yeah. Um, but it's a lot of fun, man. I enjoy it. It it it's it kicks your ass. It's a lot of fun. But yeah, man. But uh, what else is going on in this wrestling world? Oh, big news. Uh, out of the WWE, they sent some cats down to the performance center to go train. Yep. The nerve of Vince McMahon. Yeah. Asking his employees to go, go do training. There's so many, so many reactions to this that some people were being really logical and some people were just being so silly about it. Like stop taking everything so personally wrestling fans. Like, if you're not like a active wrestler, I don't think you like normally during this time, guys would be working house shows and raws. Yep. Now they're only working raws. Yeah. So it's possible for these guys to get a little bit of ring rust, especially when again, you're Keith Lee, you're a bigger guy. Yeah. Maybe, you know, during the pandemic, you're not working out as much. Who knows? Maybe you've gained a little bit of weight that you probably shouldn't have gained. We all did. Yeah, that's what, but I've I've there was a thing called months ago where Vince told him he needed he needed to lose weight too. So it's just one of those things like peak athletes always are training. LeBron is always in the gym. LeBron is always training like there's nothing wrong with going being sent somewhere to go work on your craft. Yeah. In my opinion. Yeah, yeah I'm the same way, man. Also like there's nothing wrong with more training, right? Yeah, uh, from what I read it was Keith Lee, the cat from uh, the the mask people. Yeah, Dio uh, Madden was his name. I don't know what his name is. It's like whatever their names are in Retribution. What Retribution? That's right. It's like so I think it's Mace. I it was mostly the name. big guys, right? So it's like Keith Lee, that Dio Madden guy. Yeah. Um, there's a couple other like names on there that I saw, and it's like Otis, Otis, another yeah. big guy. But it's like that's fine. There, you know, there's nothing. I, I, I saw the same thing that you like. Some people were like jumping on the the social media, being like, "It's bullshit that they asked Keith Lee to go train more." Uh, that's what they're getting paid to do yeah. is to be professional wrestlers. If you're not cutting it, if the boss doesn't think you're cutting it, then and they ask you to get more training, that's great. 
Because guess, guess what the other option is? They fire you. Yeah. They're saying, hey, this guy's not cutting it. They fire you. So at least Vince McMahon's saying, like, hey, guys, go train more. And by the way, like, the argument against it also is that, oh, well, dude, he's not asking these other guys to go train. Well, for example, Seth Rollins has a school out in Iowa. Yeah. So I'm sure he's getting in the ring, doing some stuff during the week when he's not working. Mm-hmm. You know? We know Dominic is getting in the ring. Yep. Where he was. I don't know what's going on with the school now, but he was getting in the ring and training. So, you know, these there are guys that are, you know, they're clo- their school's close to them where they can go work out and ring. So all these guys are doing it. They're just, these guys live in Florida. So it's a short drive to the performance center wherever these guys are living. So just yeah. go. And it's not a bad place to train. No. <laughs> Believe me, there's worse places. There's worse schools to go train at than the performance center. It's like, what, 15 rings? Like, yeah, it's a, it's a beautiful place. There's soft rings if you don't really want to bump. You can it's, just It's a practice. beautiful place. Yeah. Believe me, compared to the gym, the, 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 the wrestling schools a lot of people have to wrestle at. I mean, uh, Buddy Wayne's Academy up in, um, I think it's like, it's in Washington, I believe. I don't know exactly where in Washington, but it's in De- it's, it's December right now. Yeah. Do you know how it is training at Buddy Wayne's school right now? Sure, it's terrible. It, I'm sure it's freezing. You know, like I've seen videos of like people that I know that are, that train from there or still train, and they're wearing like sweats, they're wearing hoodies, they're like bundled up, and they're wrestling because they're like in like a it looks like just like a log cabin that they're training out of. It's freezing, you know. Like believe me, those guys getting asked to go train at the performance center, that's a luxury. It's a luxury, and they're like they got asked to go train with like Adam Pierce, who's incredible, and uh, and Drew Gulak, who's also incredible at wrestling. So it's like, hey man, and I saw a lot of people being like, the nerve of Vince McMahon asking Keith Lee to to go work on his in ring skills, and they're like, he's so good, and it's like that's coming from a fan's perspective. Yeah, you know, you you got to talk about Vince McMahon, who has been in the game for probably what sixty years now, has seen wrestlers come and go you're talking about all the agents in the back the producers in the back that have experience in wrestling let them decide if somebody needs to clean up their work a little bit they have a few holes they'll see it they'll see it the professionals will see it yeah they'll see what the fans can't so there's nothing wrong with going asked and getting asked to to train more i train still every week a lot of guys still train every week and we're not being asked to we, we want to train there there are some people though that uh weren't on his list that i go okay well maybe they should be they maybe they should go work on their stuff too but you know it's not again that's not up to me that's not up to you to decide that's up to one man to decide and right. if he's happy with your work even if you've injured people before like do your thing you know what uh when I when I worked at Nordstrom, I had to go do sexual harassment training once a year, and I didn't sexually harass. Yeah, <laughs> but it, I was still asked to go do the training. It's so funny because <laughs> most wrestling fans don't realize that it's a job. It's a business. So like you know, if you were at a job and your boss asked you to go train because you are bad at sales or something, go work on your whatever. They nobody bats an eye to that. Nope. But in pro wrestling, fans see that and they just. They automatically turn it into this, like, we got to get Vince because he did something wrong again. I'm like, no, like, there's nothing wrong with him asking his employees to improve themselves yeah. in the profession that they are in. Yeah, I I thought that was pretty interesting when I saw that and I saw the uh, the comments. 
Nothing wrong with the asking your employees to go train and practice more because that's what you're paying them for. Yep, so that was about it. What about any, you, you got any uh, up-to-date news going on? Anything we can discuss? Kind of trying to think right now, like what I've read, what I've saw. In wrestling? Uh, not really. Uh, people hated Raw last night. And saw it that. got a terrible rating. I saw that. So. I saw, uh, was it Disco Inferno made a pretty uh, funny comment about it? I can't remember exactly what it was. Oh, here's something. I literally just thought about this. Did you see everything that happened with JR last week and Brandon Cutler? No. What happened? Uh, JR basically, uh, I think it was on his podcast. He talked a lot of shit about wrestlers in AEW doing the thing that I think bothers a lot of people where when someone's about to dive on you, you just stare at them. Oh yeah. Yeah. And JR shit all over the wrestlers. Like, and he didn't say specific names, but he's like literally talking about the company he's in. And then Brandon Cutler, who is an AEW, and you know, there's a lot of questions about why he's there. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's there was some match announced for the show where he basically just mocked JR and said, Can't wait to get out there and stand below someone and watch them as they dive on me, blah, 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 blah. So, like, wait, what did he say? I'll find the tweet. But basically he like JR said something and then in Brandon Cutler's tweet about the match that he's in, he went hard he, on him. He went, he like went after JR for saying that. And I just, I thought it was so weird. And I know that JR is one of those people who I like and respect, but there are moments where on commentary, sometimes he comes off really bitter and angry well, yeah, he's about old. modern wrestling. He's old. What do you, what do you expect? Oh, I don't expect anything. Sometimes it makes me laugh. So he said, this was his tweet about the match. This seven, this Wednesday on AEW Dynamite, seven versus seven. We're going to go outside, cluster up like coils, stand there in a huddle, friends and foes together side by side to catch some leaping idiot go over the top. Can't wait. 8 p.m. Hopefully for one million viewers. Let's effing go. That's what Cutler wrote. That's what Cutler wrote. And JR had said something on his pod, I guess on his podcast about how it annoys him when he sees it in matches. Yeah. Well, I, I understand what JR's saying. Yeah. Um, it's it's ridiculous you, that when you have groups of people um, waiting for somebody to dive. Uh, I've been a part of that kind of situation. I usually don't like it. Um, I don't... Uh, let's see. I understand what JR's saying. It's not difficult to just turn to the guy you're fighting and just punch him, right? Well, and then sh- as the guy's diving, you go, oh, shit. Yeah, like, you you're, can trying do that, to, right? you're trying to do your best to kill time yeah, and act like you're you're fighting. Uh, but there's sometimes you just see the cats with their arms, like they're all hugged up and they're just waiting for Homeboy to dive. Uh, I, I, I understand 100% what JR is saying. I, do I think it's a good idea for, for Brandon Cutler to kind of poke at him for that it's just like no man that's just his opinion yeah you know just like hey he's from the old school yeah he's from the old school of course he's not gonna like something like that you know where everybody's just standing around yeah um so don't i I don't know that's kind of weird that's just like a i wouldn't try and die on that hill where would you where do you stand on um like older veteran wrestlers shitting on the next generation because it seems like it's always like it's like a cyclical thing like 
Like all the old guys always shit on the new guys. Like he goes back even as far as like the nineties, like older wrestlers would shit on the stuff in the late nineties. Cause they didn't like it. Yeah. Like Bruno shit on everything that Vince did in the nineties. Yeah. You're, you're, it's just, it's, it's, you're always going to get it. Yeah. You're always going to get it. Guess what? This generation of wrestlers, these young cats right now in 15 years, they'll be shitting on the next generation of wrestlers yeah. saying like, I don't know where, wherever the fuck wrestling is going. I don't, you know, who knows where it's going right now, but it could go backwards. And then it, everybody's it, comment will be, it's boring. It's could It could That's go backwards. What, that could, yeah. The, just, the, the pendulum swings like Cornette is one of, is one of the more like popular ones that should just shits all over everything. That's modern basically. Yeah. And what I, cause I listen to Cornette's podcast. Um, people have their opinions on him. You know, I listened to it because the guy lived the business for 30 years, I'm guessing, and was a part of some great angles. He's a great talker on the mic and he'll break down, of course, you know, like NXT and AEW and kind of show like what what's wrong with yeah. the storyline or what's wrong with the psychology. And it makes sense. You know, that's what I listen to. I listen to to learn, you know. And I'm sure there's wrestlers or there's fans and wrestlers that that hate Cornette and they think whatever comes out of his mouth is garbage. It's uh, old school mentality. Yeah. And maybe it is an old school mentality, but it it does. If it makes sense, you should listen to it and then maybe try and figure out how am I going to bring this newer style and also. A, uh, combine it with the older thought process of uh, yeah. or psychology, and then it, it'll be better. Because the answer isn't always just tell the old guy, ah, you've passed your prime. You don't know you're talking about old man. Like, yeah, exactly. Sometimes these guys have good modern ideas. Like, you know, Ar- Arn Anderson is as old school as they come, and he was a producer in WWE for so long that like, and came up with a lot of good stuff. So. He's an old school guy with modern ideas on how to tweak it. Yeah. I think people are just rubbed the wrong way the way Cornette goes about it. Yeah. But sometimes I think it's funny. I think he's so brash about it. Yeah. yeah. He, he, because he hates Kenny and he hates the bucks. Yeah. So he'll just say these things. Just, he'll just like take little pot shots, name calls and stuff. And I always think it's funny. And I think some of it is just stick. He's it's, it's character. It's gimmick. Yeah. I mean, even though obviously he's not like, He's not a part of any company right now, but he's still branding himself as the Jim Cornette that you hated when he was yeah. a manager of the Midnight Express or whoever he was managing. You know, like that's, I mean, his promo skills were fucking incredible. Yeah, right? they still are. He still riles people up to this in, day. In his, like in his promos nowadays on his podcast, he still kills it. You know, like when he, yeah, he might be like a little bit more. You know, uh, he might be being a little bit more honest. It's not, it's not a work, but it's still. You got to remember, Cornette has got to have listeners. He's got to put out that gimmick that people loved when they were kids. Maybe they love to hate him, and then everything he always says gets buzz. Yeah, and it exactly. always drives people to the podcast. Yeah, it's the same thing, you know. And the same thing, like, or going back to like the next generations, or you know, the generation prior is always going to shit on the next generation. Carl Gotch shit on Harley Race. Yeah. For doing a flying headbutt, you know. I'm sure someone shit on some old school wrestler shit on Flair, and when then he was popular. And I'm sure Harley Race shit on some new school wrestlers. 
after him. Yeah. You know, so it's just an endless cycle. When it comes to like media stuff, even in sports, I know, I know because I've heard like uh, sports broadcasters and radio personalities talk about this. Like you don't get any attention by just being the guy who stays in the middle. Like what comes to sports opinions, like, the most popular hot take sports guys now are like Skip Bayless and Colin yep. Coward. Come on, and, Skip. And they're idiots. They say dumb shit that I know they don't really believe. And they don't. But the thing that makes them popular is they say these dumb things to get attention. Mm-hmm. And then everyone flocks to it. And their shows get ratings, which yep. gives Fox and ESPN money. It's all the work. Yeah, that's yeah, it's, it's, and that's one of those things. People don't realize it when they watch those sports shows. But like... You're not really getting these guys' real opinions half the time. You're getting whatever contrarian opinion they can come up with to get attention. Yeah. Like Skip Bayless is famous for saying LeBron is overrated. And I'm like, you can't have watched the last 18 years and still think that. Like, you're just sticking to a thing. Well, because it goes against the grain. Yeah. It's been proven that LeBron James is a very, very, very good basketball player. Exactly. And somebody on ESPN... Or, you know, whatever sports channel you watch going, hey, LeBron sucks. You automatically look at him and go, what the fuck? Yeah. What are you talking about? What the fuck are you talking about? You know, like, look look at what he's accomplished. And the guy is adamant being like, no, he sucks. And it's just, you know, you, you got to have it. And then you wait for a bad game or a finals loss. And you see, this wouldn't have happened exactly. to Jordan. That's always what they, that's when this wouldn't happen to Jordan. I'm like, all right, well. That's always an interesting conversation with, uh, like the greatest basketball because now yeah. with LeBron so you have Michael Jordan Kobe LeBron right those are like the three yeah. names that are getting tossed around yeah. as like the greatest ever you know and I just whenever I, I hear people talk about that it's like it just depends on when you grew up yeah Jordan playing today would win like 10 championships the Dude, way they play basketball now see that's the thing you and I we grew up in with with Jordan. Yeah, like Jordan was I a hated him a monster. I he was everywhere. Him. Yeah, McDonald's commercials, movies, shoes. I mean, he was he was shitting money, and uh, to me, like he's the greatest ever. Yeah, just because we grew up in that time frame where it was like you saw this guy, he was undeniable. He was the biggest name in sports. You know, just watch the last dance documentary if you haven't. I know it's very much like a very pro like Jordan documentary, but at the same time, like the numbers don't lie. The numbers don't lie. You look back at the way basketball is played back then and you see how much how he scored. Like nobody was scoring like that back then. It was all games were all like 80 to 70 defensive slugfest. Like today they can't hand check. They can't play defense. Jordan would score like 50 a game in this environment today. Yeah. Like. And it was not even a competition. Yeah. It's a, it's an interesting argument, but to me, Jordan will always be the best because it's just, that's my childhood. You know, there's, yeah, there's always arguments for people like, you know, when it comes to baseball, like people are always like, well, Babe Ruth's the best player ever. I'm like, well, Babe Ruth didn't play against any black players. <laughs> so it's like, how is that fair to judge him off of like the current best player? Yeah. Like, it's, it's the evolution of the game. Yeah. It's like, yeah, your grandpa might've loved Babe Ruth, but you know, your grandpa sees players today and he might like somebody better, you know? Yeah. It's just- well, it's funny that actually, uh, I remember back when I was younger, my best friend and I, who are, we both grew up playing baseball. We're having a, another conversation with a friend of ours. We all lived in the same house and he, this, our friend, uh, said like Babe Ruth was like shitty. Right. And my best friend Cliff and I were like, no, like Babe Ruth is one of the greats. 
And he goes, no, he, he, he'd get struck out every time now. And it's like, yes, I understand that. But you got to look at evolution of the game. Back then, you, he's playing with what he's working with. Like, yeah. you know, like whatever he got served up, hey, man, you either hit that ball or you don't. He could hit it, you know? It's like, if what if LeBron played in the same era as Jordan? Maybe Jordan doesn't win six championships. Yeah. Maybe Jordan and LeBron go back and forth and they win one one year and then they lose one the next year. Like, yeah. Jordan didn't really have, like, a, a real rival back then. He had play, some players, but... There was nobody really at his level that like could compete with him. I love I love how much he hated Isaiah Thomas. Oh yeah, the whole, and, I uh, hate, everyone hated the Pistons. I think unless you were in Detroit, I think you hate the Pistons. And I, I love how like t- Isaiah is kind of just like I don't know why, I don't know why, you know? Because like apparently he was a little bit of a dick. Yeah, I don't know. Like I I didn't really pay too much like attention to Isaiah Thomas. I knew who Isaiah yeah. Thomas was, but I didn't. Uh, Back then, obviously, you didn't get like a lot of the insider insider details. Oh, yeah. You'd get you'd get a couple of games like a year. Yeah, that you'd see on NBC. Yeah. Nowadays, with the internet, you know exactly who a motherfucker is. Yeah. You know, like if they're a dick, if you don't like them, if other people don't like them. But uh, I love how during that last dance, Isaiah Thomas is just like, I don't know why he didn't like me, <laughs> and it's just like. Like, I guarantee you understand why he didn't like you, bro. Well, Jordan even said it. He's like, well, yeah, I'm sure he's going to pretend now like he doesn't know. Yeah. And that's one of those things like you're a dick. And then as you get older, like you don't really, like it's like Shawn Michaels back in the day. At least he, he realized he was a dick. Yeah, exactly. But like, I, I don't know. Uh, exactly. But yeah, man. So uh, what were we talking about again? What was that start of that conversation? Something to do with uh, uh, just old time veterans yeah. and wrestling and old timers, old timers. Hey, man. Talk to them, old timers. Get as much advice as you can from them, old timers. Yeah. I'm telling you, these cats, these old timers had to do it multiple times a week, you know, 300 days a year. You learn something from that. Exactly. Even if you don't particularly like most of their opinions, if you just sit there and listen to them, you might get something out of Cherry it. Cherry pick if you have to. Yeah. If you don't like one opinion, okay. There's something else I guarantee you're going to like. One of the things these days, like you can have a conversation with someone that you disagree with on one thing, but another thing you might have a opinion that you go, wow, that's a great, that's a great idea. Yeah. It happens all the time, but your people only get along now if they all have the same ideals and thoughts. I so. know it's crazy. Uh, Devin sent some questions in for us to discuss. Should we go through these questions? We should. Cause and if we don't- some of these, I, 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 I checked them out. Quickly before we started recording, some of them I'm just gonna say pass, <laughs> and some of them, hey, maybe we might get something out of it, but uh, we need something to talk about. All right, well, um, I think we can skip the first question, which is worst faction, natural born thrillers, or the union, which I don't even remember who the union is. I think the natural born thrillers were like, I think it was, I'm trying to remember if it was the Mark Jindrak group or if that was the Saturn and Malenko group, I have no idea. Yeah, we'll bypass that question because yeah. I don't. I don't even know. These are total Devin questions, by the way. Yes, they very much are. What was the best Undertaker match of all time, and why was it Undertaker versus Undertaker? Oh, that the uh, the twin. Yeah, I remember that. I remember I that. Barely remember it. I remember because I thought it was. It blew my mind that like they found they found a guy that looked identical to him. Yeah, I forget who it was. Yeah, at this point, I don't even remember. I don't even remember. Um. I don't know, man. 
I don't know like what the best Undertaker. It's, it's him match and Michaels in Mania Twenty Five. There you go. Is it's, that the one where he dove and landed on the yeah, the, and and was supposed to get caught by the extra? Yeah, the uh, <laughs> the Snooka's son. Was that Snooka's son? The one who was uh, Deuce and Domino? Do you remember them? Yeah, I mean, I, I like that was like when yeah. I stopped watching. So he was Deuce. But I've heard of him. Deuce was. Uh, I think it was. I think he was adopted, but it was Snooka's son. Oh really? Yeah. Interesting. But he was an extra, and he dropped Undertaker and. Was never seen again, dude. That's a scary. That's a scary fall, too, man. Jeez, like it's like straight down. He's eating the goddamn mat. Ugh. All right, what else we got? Uh, worst road trip partner of all time, Devin Sparks. I don't know. Like, no. Um, I I got I've been pretty lucky. So the people that I I usually drove with was uh Devin, of course, Duke. That was like my two main cats that I, I drove with. Um, I used to ride with Mandel a lot. Uh, up to championship, I would ride with Yuma and Duke. Um, I don't, I, I don't have too many horror stories of people. I mean, I, I did tell that one story uh, with about Anthony Idol and Hunter, and that that's probably the worst trip I ever had. By the way, congratulations to Hunter. Oh yeah, he had a I kid. I don't feel like it's, he's been posting it all over social media. I don't think it's yeah. a secret. Congratulations, Hunter! You have a kid. Um, but yeah, I was I was pretty fortunate. Yeah, riding. I never had like too bad of uh, horror stories. Um, but what makes a good travel partner, right? So I'm, I'm gonna smarten up you, uh, you young cats out there that haven't done the long road trips yet. First of all, you don't fall asleep. If it's just you and another cat, you don't fall asleep. Uh, it sucks, but you, some guys will rib you, right? If you don't, if you fall asleep, I don't know. Probably, I'm, I, I don't play them reindeer games. I'm too old to be fucking ribbing people. Like, um, just don't fall asleep. If it's just you and another guy driving, don't fall asleep. Uh, stay awake because the person driving, it's probably hard for them to to stay awake. And by falling asleep. You're making it harder for them to stay awake that when they're driving because you're talking about driving at like three in the morning through like darkness, you know, and you're tired. You've been driving all day. You've just done a match. Now you you have, you know, six hours ahead of you on the road and that's not a fun thing. So you just talk about BS. No joke. I would you know, what'd be funny is if you like Devin and I, right, we were constantly driving together. If you were to like hide a microphone in that car and not driving there, but driving home. And when it got real late, like the final, like two hours of the drive, that's when you start just talking gibberish, man. It's like, like sometimes I remember talking to dev or like Duke and just being like, what the fuck are we talking about right now? But you've exhausted everything else you've talked about. So you're just talking about BS. So don't fall asleep, help out with gas, trying to fart in the car too much. That's annoying. Uh, one thing Devin does is Devin eats seeds. I hate it. He eats like God. He eats fucking sunflower seeds like seeds like Ace Ventura. Um, yeah. But that's the good thing about Devin, though, is it's sometimes a good thing and sometimes a curse. Is Devin doesn't stop talking. Yeah, Devin can talk his, his ass. So off. when you're driving at three in the morning, Devin will have a conversation ready to go. Yeah, even if yeah. it's irrelevant. Yeah, and nothing. But yeah, I mean that's about it, man. Just be uh, be courteous to everybody in the car. 
That's what I that's what I try and do. So, but I don't have like I've been lucky. I don't I don't Sounds have, like you haven't like I cuz I've ridden with all of those guys and I've never had a problem with any of them, so. Yeah. I can yeah, you said that like, you named all the people you rode with. I'm like I can't imagine ever having a bad story with any of those people. I've no. never ridden with Idol, but all the other guys I have. It's funny too. Like I, you know, like you talk about like cats, like their cars breaking down, you know, like in the middle of nowhere and stuff like that. Duke was always like, "We're getting a rental car," because if you get a rental car, at least you're getting a car that you know it's been like up, you know, yeah, kept up. You know, it's not going to break down. Yeah. So we used to. Uh, Duke would always make sure we got a, a, a rental car. Um, I would too. If Duke wasn't on the card, I would. I would book the rental car. Um, but yeah. And then like, I've always drove with people that have kind of like their shit together. You know, I never drove with like young kids, like 20 year old kids or something like that. It was always like Duke, Dev and myself. And we kind of have our shit together. Right. Yeah. We all have reliable cars. So, and if, and if at the time we didn't, we got a rental. Especially if you're driving in Arizona, that is the worst situation to have a car break down in the middle of nowhere. Because the worst. if you break down in the middle of nowhere going to Arizona, you're literally in the there's nothing around. You're in the middle of nowhere. Yeah, it's amazing that you look around and you go, "This there's just nothing out here." Yeah. <laughs> but, anyways, that's a that's a few tips for car rides, guys. No, uh, no falling asleep, no farting. Uh, what else did I say? Pay, pay your your portion pay for the of gas. gas. Make sure you drive a car that's not going to break down. And, and find rental cars, man. Find a rental car, guys. If if you don't have a reliable car, they're not that expensive for one day. No, not terrible. It's not terrible. They have they have apps now where you can literally rent someone else's car. But I don't know if I'd want to do that. Yeah, no, no, screw that. All right, what else we got? Uh, the next one is most underutilized chain rest hold. That's the stupidest fucking question, Dev. I don't fucking know, dude. What the fuck are you talking about? Uh, so you know the most common rest hold is like a headlock. Headlock, right? So, uh, I don't know, man. Stupid question. Pass, Dev. Come on. Actually, you know what? I'm gonna get to this. I'm gonna get to this. It has nothing to do with like underutilized. But I was training um at level up on Thursday night last week, and it was myself, um, a, a newer wrestler named uh, Sexy Fab. He just debuted a few sh- uh, like the last can of pro show yeah. and then uh sweet robin shaw sweet robin shaw trains at level up with us now he just moved down here to san diego and we were talking about and this is the, i don't know how to be a, a trainer for wrestling i don't really feel like i have the credentials to be a trainer so i don't i don't you're selling yourself really short because there are people that are much worse than you that i know have trained people yeah but i don't like the title yeah. Of being a trainer, right? Like when you, when somebody says, Hey, uh, who, who trained you? And you know, I, for me, Tommy Wilson, SoCal crazy anchors away. Those are my trainers. Yeah. Right. But I, I represent them, you know, like what I can do in the ring. It, it all is based on what they taught me. So hopefully they taught me correctly. Yeah. Right. I don't feel like I'm at that level to be training kids. But Benny asked me like, Hey, can you help out with training? I'm like, yeah, sure. I'll, I don't know what I'm doing, but I'll show what I can, you know, I'll, I'll show what I, I do, what works for me, you know, cause it's just, it's almost like when I started wrestling, I didn't like calling myself a professional wrestler. 
because I felt like that was a, a, a title that you're supposed to, you know, like you have to earn that title of being called a professional wrestler. You know, some kids come in now and they, they train a couple times and then the next thing you know, they're on social media calling themselves professional wrestlers, but they've never even debuted and they haven't even really been training for over a month. Yeah. You know, so it's kind of like, Hey, the goal should be to earn the title of professional wrestler, you know, and it might just be a thing for me to like a little, I don't know. No, because you know, you don't want to be someone who's like been training for seven years and you worked hard at it. And then somebody comes in and they train one day and they say, well, I'm a professional wrestler. Yeah. yeah. I get why that would bother you. especially. Earn the title. Yeah. Earn the title. It's kind of, I guess that's what I'm trying to say. Um, but we were, uh, I, I, I never have like an idea of what I'm going to teach whenever I go in there. It's just kind of like, Hey guys, let's warm up. Let's do these few drill, like, you know, a drill. Let's think of a spot. Everybody run through it. And then just kind of the wheels get going and I go, okay, cool. I'll show you guys this. Or if I notice everybody's doing something wrong, I'll be like, Hey guys, let's fix this. Or, you know, you know, just shit like that. Yeah. So anyways, we, uh, we're, it was just, uh, Shaw, Fab and myself. And, um, it's weird because I'll be like, all right, guys, go ahead and lock up and work an arm. And I'm not saying that Shaw and Fab. I'm just saying, like, in general, I'll, I'll during these classes, I'll be like, hey, guys, lock up, work an arm, yeah. and, uh, and, and let's just go from there. And it's weird because when anybody says, hey, work an arm, they think automatically exchange back and forth uh, chain, uh, uh, chain wrestling, right? I take your arm, I ring it up, you three quarter roll, and then you come up and you and you you take my arm, and then I do a little, you know, three sixty, and I take your arm, and next thing you know, somebody's doing a cartwheel, and somebody's so they do the Johnny Saint stuff that you were talking about a couple weeks ago. They're just doing like a whole bunch of like stuff where there is an art to chain wrestling. Yeah, there is an art form. There's a storytelling process that you can tell during a chain wrestling. That a lot of people don't understand. But it's funny because whenever I say, guys, go and just work the arm, they'll just exchange holds. But it's like, no, you're not working the arm. You're just exchanging holds. Somebody work the fucking arm, you know, not just ring it up, you know. Show that you're applying pressure. Show that you're trying to hurt this guy's arm. But some people, just, they just don't get it. They don't understand like, hey, it's not about just going back and forth, yeah. exchanging holds. It's about actually showing emotion or showing fit like you know like hey i'm really trying to fuck this guy's arm up not just in in an arm ringer but i'm gonna i'm gonna you know drop him down with my elbow you know onto his hands and knees and then i'm gonna i'm gonna take my knee and i'm gonna throw it in the back of his shoulder and i'm gonna really wrench this thing and then i'm gonna put him all the way down to the canvas then i'm gonna i'm gonna stomp on his arm you know something like that just yeah not just back and forth chain wrestling so and that's the funniest thing is if you really want to scare an independent wrestler, you go, Hey, um, work an arm. And then they'll be like, what? Like, what, what do you mean? What do you mean? Work an arm? You know, like you, it's just funny. Cause you, you look at him and you just go, you, you, you bypassed this portion, didn't you? You know, like you bypass, bypass this portion of training. Uh, it's just really interesting because I, who, who's, I was, Oh, I was having this conversation. The flash, 
The flashy moves, guess what, people? They're fairly simple to pull off. It's when you have to get really technical. That's the that's the hard stuff. And like that's usually what I try and uh, train is like, hey guys, the little things, the little things that takes an independent wrestler and makes them a professional wrestler. The little things, not not the goddamn dives, not the fucking flashy high spot stuff. I'm talking like you have an arm, work that and show damage, and then you know make it look like you really want to hurt this fool. That's what's really hard. Yeah, that's what's really hard. Well, see, that's that's I think what's I, what's ideal about you teaching that stuff is because you do other like things like you do Muay Thai, you do karate. Like it, I don't do karate. I just call it karate. I think okay, it's funny. Whatever. But you know, like, <laughs> so if you do like any kind of like MMA training aside from that, like you can learn technical stuff better and understand it more like when you're in the ring doing it. Yeah. And that's also what I tell a lot of the, the kids training. I go, listen guys, branch out, go do something else. Go, yeah. go learn a martial art. Because unless you're Alexander Hammerstone, you need to know, you know, which uh, he does too. But like, what I mean is like if you're unless you're big like him, mm-hmm. you can't just do power moves and all the other shit that he does. Yeah. You have to be more, you know, well, here's the there thing. and do other stuff. Here's the thing. Hammer worked his fucking ass off yeah. to get to his size that he's at nowadays, right? So Hammer invested in the gym. Yeah. Into lifting weights. You know, he also worked his ass off in the ring training, professional wrestling. But he put on size. Yeah. And that didn't just come overnight. It, he, he's been working for fucking years. The guy's got a problem. Yeah. I've told the guy before because up in Portland, he would like go to the gym at like four in the morning. And I'd be like, you have you have issues. You know that, right? Well, somebody he was doing to enter one of those contests, right? Huh? He was doing some of that for a while because he was going to be in like one of those uh, strongman contests or whatever. No, he's he's done two bodybuilding shows. Okay, he's That's never he's never done a strongman contest. I know, I know. I see. I saw him post something a couple months ago where he was getting ready for one of those things. Bodybuilding competition. Yeah. Um, but that's the thing. Like, so Hammer didn't learn a martial art. He went to the gym and and packed on the size, which is fine, you know, because he took that and he brought it back to pro wrestling, and 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 is using it. Um, but there's. Not everybody's going to be able to put on size like that. No. Because it takes either it's money, A lot time. of discipline and effort. Dude, I can't eat that much. You know, I, I try and put on, you know, I try to look good, but I don't think I'll ever break 225 solid. If, I, if I'm if i 225, it's because it's I've been doing a lot of bad eating and, and yeah. bad drinking. Um, But I tell the students, like, go learn a martial art. Judo, jujitsu, wrestling. Muay Thai, if you want to boxing, just anything, man, take go, go venture other avenues and then bring it back to pro wrestling. That's what, um, like Bobby Quantz told me about the, uh, the new Japan, uh, the Noki dojo back in the day was, it was all about bringing other, uh, other styles into pro wrestling. There would be a guy that took care of Muay Thai. There'd be a guy that took care of uh, jujitsu a guy that took care of amateur wrestling, they would learn all this stuff and then they would take it, bring it back to, uh, to pro wrestling. And that's a lot about how, like, I believe that's a lot how they train over in Japan. Yeah. A lot I, of guys who are in new Japan, like the top guys, I think one of them was, it was an actual like MMA fighter, like while he was wrestling. And I'm so, like, yeah, Sakuraba is a professional wrestler, but he's also a catch wrestler. 
and he was kicking the shit out of people in Pride. I don't know if you know who Sakuraba is. I've heard the name. He's he was the Gracie kill. He was the Gracie hunter. Yeah. Um. He, he was sick, but, but he was he he was a professional wrestler. But he also learned he he knew he was a catch wrestler. He learned other stuff, you know, and that's just kind of like Anoki and Antonio Anoki had this vision of like pro wrestling, but also making it more believable and yeah. having people train in MMA style. He was the one who boxed Ali, right? Anoki. I don't know if he boxed Box, him. Quote unquote. He he they crab crawled. He crab crawled yeah. and and kicked his 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 legs a lot, but um. Yeah, man, take that, you know, that's kind of what I tell the kids is go outside of your comfort zone. Go learn a martial art. Yeah, you're going to get your ass kicked. But, hey, man, you're going to learn something from it, you know. You're going to learn something from you're it. You're only going to get better at it from there. Yeah, and also, you know, when I t- going back to where I first started with this was, you know, like that's what I try and train is like, hey, if you're going to take an arm, don't just go back and forth on, on holds. Grab the arm, do something with it, work with it and then when it's time let the other guy reverse take over do something else and uh, and let and let give them their time to kind of work it's too fast too fast people are going okay go ahead and reverse go in reverse go in reverse take a second work um and not, and not that i'm a pro at it i'm not i don't think i'm a expert at it but i'm trying to get better at it and by you know learning um how to just kind of just watching old time wrestlers, current wrestlers that that work an arm really well or any kind of body part. You sit there and you kind of watch what are they doing? What's what are they doing that makes it so great? And you try and apply that. So that's what I do. I don't know. Whatever. I mean, that was an answer to the question Devin asked. Kind no, of. I don't even know what the question was. Oh, the, stupid the most underutilized chain wrestled. What a dickhead. It's a stupid question, Dev. I can tell you the most overutilized. It's the headlock. Or chin lock. Or chin lock. Or chin lock. Um, okay, what else we got, Devin's, Devin's right. great questions. So, more underappreciated big guy worker. Bam Bam Bigelow. <laughs> Umaga or Abyss? Um, I don't know, man. I didn't really watch much of an Abyss. Um, and Umaga kind of came in as I got out of wrestling. Yeah. In like the early 2000s, right? So, I don't know. I, I, I don't have an honest question for that. Uh, who's one of the most underrated? Bam Bam Bigelow. Bam Bam, dude. Sick. Remember when he wrestled LT, Lawrence yeah. Taylor, and made that it made Lawrence Taylor look like a goddamn millionaire, million bucks? That's why they did it, because they knew that he would be able to pull that out of him. God, man. I, I still remember watching that match and being like, dude, Lawrence Taylor's awesome. And then I grow up and I was like, oh, Bam Bam Bigelow is awesome. That's one of those matches where normally I'm not like a fan of people going and planning their match for two months and practicing it. Yeah. But in that scenario, it actually worked and it didn't look like it was like overly planned. Oh, it was great. I remember, remember LT just kept going to the top rope yeah, and jumping off and giving like shoulder tackles. Sick. Bam, bam, Bigelow. And like, you think about how crazy of an idea that was back then. Like he just retired from football. Like, yeah, you're putting him in the main event against one guy. Like you got to have a lot of belief about that guy. Yep. Who he's going up against. Yep. And somehow Bam Bam was never world champion. Yeah. And then uh, Vader. Do I go back and watch Vader stuff now? And I'm like, dude, Vader was sick. Yeah. Like the way he threw his punches where it was like, dude, I think he's basically like throwing potatoes. And he was sometimes. And he was. But 
man, Vader, for his size, so good, man. So good. And for what I hear, the, 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 the stiffness of him was not anything crass or rude. It was just him not realizing how big and strong he was. Well, I also think it, a part of it is because he went and worked with Stan Hansen over in Japan for so long. Yeah. Where, like, Stan Hansen is, like, notorious for being a very rough style of wrestling. But that's what the Japanese loved over there, you know? Like, yeah. that strong they style. Still they still do. And then I think that's the thing. He went over there and worked with Hansen for so long. And then when he came back over to the States, you know, he's working with Sting and Sting's like, yo, lighten up, dog. <laughs> you know, like he just he had to be kind of reintroduced to the style over in the U.S., I guess you could say. So but he, he, he was fantastic. I go back and watch Vader matches and I'm just like, God, this guy is so good. So good. All right. What do we got? Well, the answer, I'll answer that question. I will say it's Umaga. I think Umaga is one of the most underrated wrestlers ever. The, some of the stuff that he was able to do, like the problem with him is he's, I don't even know if I consider him in the same conversation as like an abyss because uh-huh. Umaga wasn't really that big. They build him like he was 450 pounds, but he wasn't really that big. He was like the size of I'm trying to think of someone today who he's kind of the same size as maybe like Samoa Joe or something. Yeah. So like, you know, but he was awesome. He had a match with Cena. That was a last man standing match. That was cool really good there's a cat Samoa Joe man he can work his fucking oh, ass yeah. off he, he can work his ass off and he's super smart I think he just I think he fucked up his body too much I think it's smart what he's doing he's, he's doing commentary stuff right yeah well that's because he he kept getting hurt but that's there's yeah. nothing wrong with that no that's what I mean that's what Corey Graves made his livelihood on he had to retire early and he became really really good at being a commentator and now he's got a job there for life probably there's gonna there's an end of the road for everybody when it comes for when it comes to in ring action, so you gotta you gotta be there has to be some self awareness to understand like be like yo it's time to uh, pursue another avenue. Yeah. It's still in the wrestling business, which is fine, but you know is it commentary? Is it backstage? Abyss does that. Are Abyss, you, is, Abyss is a backstage producer now. Yeah. So I mean, he could still be wrestling and impact right now if he really wanted to but he probably was like yeah i'm done going through thumbtacks like i'm yeah. done. like i'd rather just teach and show what i can teach you as as a producer you know what i mean yeah exactly so and then with tyson kid he had to retire because yeah. he broke his neck now he's like one of the better producers from what i hear yeah you got to uh like i said man in ring it's all it's all it's all going to come to an end one day your in ring action and you have to you either ride it out until the wheels fall off or you recognize the wheels are about to fall off. I got to find something else to do. You know, I got to jump on this bike over here because this bike's wheels are a lot more, you know, stable. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, yeah, that's yeah, that's my opinion on that. All right. So this, I guess this is more of a question maybe you can answer because I really don't have one. Which faction would you rather be in during their prime? The Fabulous Freebirds or the Von Erichs? You know what's weird is I obviously that's a, a way before our days. Yeah. Uh, so you only have what you see on DVDs, basically. Exactly. Um, I would probably be, rather be part of the, the Freebirds. Yeah. But I don't know. I, I was not in the Sportatorium when 
the Von Eriks were, you know, hot and heavy. So I, I don't see how, I, I don't know how the the fans were and all that kind of stuff. Yeah. Um, the only reason I know the Sportatorium is because Stone Cold says it every time on his podcast, right? The Sportatorium. Talks about that and talks about how his name was almost Frost McFang. Oh, that's a great name. Uh, but I mean, I'm, I'm guessing just the Freebirds. Why? Because I've seen Michael P.S. Hayes backstage at WWE and he's the best dressed man in the building, maybe on the planet. Yep. Dude, dude, dude. What else? Is that's it for the that's Dev the questions? Only, that's all of Devin's questions. Thanks, Dev, for uh, contributing to the to the uh, podcast this week. Hopefully he'll be back next week. You know what's funny? So we're just talking about that ride uh, uh, stories, right? Yeah. Um, car ride stories or car ride uh, people. So I'm doing a, I'm going to be a, a guest on the SoCal Pro podcast next week. And I don't know when it's airing, but I'm going to be a guest on this uh, SoCal, SoCal Pro podcast. So please listen in. And uh, no affiliation with the San Diego independent uh, wrestling promotion, SoCal Pro. So this guy, the, the, the host reached out to me and was like, hey, do you want to be a... Uh, part of this podcast and I'm like yeah sure I'll help you out you know I'll do I'll, I'll be a guest and uh I listened to one of his episodes you know you kind of like want to get familiar with like the, yeah. the show I guess you could say so I listened to Vinny Wasco's episode of of this podcast and I guess one thing is the host asked for like funny car ride or you know like car rides stories that's the funny thing. I don't have any car ride stories all of our if you ask Devin and I just from Devin and I riding together, hey, tell us a story about something. We'd be like, there's nothing to fucking tell. We drive out there. We stop at Two Loves to Arizona. You know, we, we drive out to Arizona. We stop at Two Loves, one in Yuma, one in Gila Bend. Go to the show, do the show, drive home, stop at Two Loves on the way home, one in Gila Bend, one in Yuma, and that's it. Tell you the truth, we're torturing ourselves. Dude, every time on the ride home, we're just like, why the fuck are we doing this? Why the fuck are we doing this? What the fuck are we doing? This is the stupidest shit ever. It's three in the morning right now, and we're driving through Akatia Wells. Um, and then when we get out of the car, we go, okay, cool. All right, next month, we're heading back out to Arizona. <laughs> you know, it's just like we're just torturing ourselves. So that's about it. All right, we have a uh, listener question. Yeah, this is from Drew PA. Uh, he says, again, I don't know. We'll be able to answer this for you. Loaded question. Oh. <clears throat> How would you have booked the invasion angle? What matches would you have had during the Survivor Series of 2001? Uh, I'm going to have a very simple answer for this, and I, I don't fucking know, bro. I don't know. I think what I would have done is I would have waited. For all the big money contracts? Yeah, because basically you rushed it, and you ended up with Booker T as the front thing. Like, they did the whole thing with, you know, which was good, was the contract does say McMahon. It says Shane McMahon. That was literally like the week of WrestleMania. So mm. they did the match. And then after that, you just have Shane disappear for a while. And then you wait until, I think it was like a year later that Nash, Hall, and Hogan came in. So like if you had waited a year, people it would have fallen out of people's minds. And then just on a random Raw out of nowhere, here comes the NWO. Yeah. Wrecking shit in the WWE. And you kick that off with the, with the invasion angle. And then eventually like, they added Bischoff in 2003. He would have been a great part of that too. Yeah. You could have added him and made, you know, that's the only thing I would have said. Just wait. 
I wouldn't have had them do anything in Survivor Series 2001. Yeah, I, I don't even remember if I was watching Survivor Series 2001. I, I, I kind of remember the invasion. I remember it didn't really, you know, it didn't it didn't knock your socks off. No, because the people they had come in were, yeah, mid carters. And you had all them like big names wrapped up with uh, was it Time Warner money? Yeah, or yeah well, like Time that? Warner, and it was. I've heard Nash talk about it. it's like, why would I leave this like ten million dollar contract to yeah. go get paid less? Yeah, 100%. and Vince wasn't going to pay them ten million dollars to come in. No, which which yeah. I understand. Yeah, one hundred percent understand that. Uh, yeah, yeah, whatever Adam just said, that's my answer. <laughs> just wait, but yeah, guys, yeah, I, I don't know how the time frame for those contracts to come up. It was different for everyone. Like Goldberg wasn't available. I think when Goldberg came in in 2004 was when he was available. So he's like a guy that I'm like, all right, we won't won't wait for him. But I think Nash Hogan and Hall came in at no way out of like 2002, which was like the next year. So like if you had literally waited until then and done the same thing leading into the next mania and you could have done all these big matches where all of a sudden these guys are coming in and now it's the invasion and that's your WrestleMania is based around this invasion of all these guys coming in. But, you know, you did it, you did it the way you did it. And a lot of those guys didn't stick. The guys that came yeah. in for the invasion, they were there for a little bit. It's also Monday morning quarterbacking. Like, yeah, you saw how it played out. And, yeah, it didn't work out. But they didn't know, man. They were going in blind. They were yeah. like, listen, we just got all these cats. We're paying them. Yeah, we, that's, we got to use them. It's easy for me to say I don't own the business. It's, not, it's easy for me to go, yeah, just pay these guys to sit for a year yeah. and do nothing until we're ready for them so we can get the bigger names. That's yeah. like, nah, not really the way it works. Yeah, so. exactly. Yeah, sorry, uh, sorry, Drew. I wish I had a better answer, but uh, I just it's one of those things where I don't know, man. It's, it's, it's hard if you weren't actively watching at the time to like, or if you don't really remember it, it's hard for you to be like, I would have done this. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Unfortunately, I have in crazy memory of everything when it comes to wrestling i wish i had something else in my brain i'm like that with movies huh i'm like that with movies i'm I'm like that with some movies too like but yeah there's so much wasted knowledge in my head you think about the the information i could actually use to do something you know important with the information i have about who wrestled on a pay-per-view in 2004 for smackdown yeah just needless information i have in my head oh man I, I can still like recite episodes of Saved by the Bell. <laughs> I'm just like, what the fuck am I doing remembering this stuff? When Benny was on a couple weeks ago and he was mentioning all those uh, like ROH guys from like 2004, 2005, uh-huh. I like, I'm like shaking my head, like, because I, I knew who they are. And I'm just like, I'm looking around the room and like, I could tell that a lot of you guys had no idea who he was talking no, about. No. And I'm like, I have too much needless wrestling information from the mid 2000s <laughs> these random indie guys who just were in ROH with yeah. Benny and like yeah well, oh well yeah man what else is going on in this crazy world of uh, wrestling if, if if there is anything thanks for the questions by the way guys yes thank you and thank you to everyone that gave feedback about the episode last week oh yeah appreciate that thank was, you very much people uh, really seem to like the story I hope to inspire people I guess you can say. I don't know, man. I wasn't looking to inspire anybody back then. I just wanted to fucking get in the ring and try out, you know? Uh, whatever. But if you guys uh, take a little bit of inspiration from that, awesome. I, I hope you... Uh, a lot of people wouldn't have done what you did. 
Oh, I, I listen. I'm be, I'm be real. Can I be real for a second? You can. All right. It's your podcast. So remember when they just uh, released the network? Like yeah. they just started the network, and they did that thing with. Uh, they did it for like with like the performance center. They did like almost like a uh, a documentary, like a yeah. four or five part documentary or something like that, and they showed a person. They showed like a, a tryout, and they right before the tryout, they they walk up to this girl, and they're like, "Hey, sorry, we can't let you try out because of an issue you have, some kind of spinal issue or some shit like that." And the girl is just like, "Okay, thanks," and just walks off. And I'm just thinking in my head, like, like so that 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 was prior to my tryout watching that and I still remember watching this at like the scene of the of that little I forgot what it was called but breaking breaking ground breaking ground breaking ground I love that it was so awesome and this girl is just she just gets told like hey you can't try out because of something you have uh wrong right medically and she's like okay and just walks off like no big deal and I'm just like, what? What are they even even doing? Bringing that person into the, into the performance center in the first place, you know? Like that person don't want to be there. Fun. F- here's a story for you. And I didn't learn this until after uh, Jarek One Twenty told me. So there was a dude at that tryout, uh, at my tryout, and Jarek was either in the same car as him or rooming with him. I'm not sure. And this guy, he showed up the first day. And then the next day, he uh, they're like, hey, where's uh, so-and-so? I can't remember what the fuck his name was. And Jarek goes, uh, he said he got food poisoning and uh, he's not going to be able to make it today. And then you didn't see him for the rest of the tryout. He, he, he didn't show up. So I was talking to Jarek the next day, or not the next day, uh, about a month later when we were doing extra work um, in Vegas. And uh, Che, Heather Monroe, Jarek, and I, uh, we got a hotel room. And just basically, you know, like we're just talking, you know, we're just talking. And then uh, Jarek showed up like way late and then told me about that dude. So that guy that got food poisoning, that got invited to the tryout, that was like his fifth invitation to the tryout. The first time, like this guy, they, they, the WWE hit him up to be like, hey, do you want to come do a tryout? First time he said no. Why? Because he had a, a girl that he was, uh, he's a fitness coach or something like that. And she was doing like a fitness uh, competition. He goes, no, I can't make it because I have a girl who's doing a fit- fitness competition that weekend or some shit like that. Then gets invited to another one and has another excuse or another reason why he can't make it. And then gets invited to another one and has another excuse why he can't make it. Then gets invited to another one, actually goes... And then says, oh, I got food poisoning. So it's like this person who obviously is not an independent wrestler. He's just somebody that they found that probably had a lot of followers on Instagram. They hit him up five times. And this guy obviously does not want to be a professional wrestler. Like, But yet there's so many kids out there training in wrestling schools that are, are doing the work. That are putting in the time. They want ask those fucking kids if they want to be, come to a tryout. Ask them, and I understand the whole reasoning, like the the idea of looking for athletes, you know, like collegiate athletes or former pro athletes to be like, hey, do you want to come take a take a shot at this? 
But once you've extended the invitation and they've kind of just knocked it down, just be like, all right, cool. You're off the list. On to the next one. On to the next one. Problem with doing that today is you're bringing in these guys with no experience and even WWE now at this point, it's a work rate company. Yeah. You're asking these guys that have never done like Baron Corbin is like one of the only guys I think I've ever seen come from football who's like really excelled at as his years have gone and really excelled at wrestling and gotten better and better every year. Baron Corbin's my dude, man. Like yeah, he's he's and he's one of those guys that people fans always shit on because he's not a wrestler or not an indie guy. But he you cannot deny at this point that he has improved every year and he's gotten better and better. Yeah. And he's very good at getting people to hate him. He's very good at being a heel. Yeah. He's 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 overall a very talented guy. You know what the funny thing is about like when you hear about Baron Corbin and Heat, right? People don't like him. Yeah. Oh, well they don't like him because he's he's a good heel. They like him because he, he sucks. Yeah. Well that's you fucking hate him, don't you? Yeah. You fucking hate him. And no, he doesn't suck as wrestling. He, does, yeah. he he's, he actually does a very good job. But I I just thought that was kind of strange. It's like, so what if if you hate him for just being him? You know? It doesn't matter if he if he's a good heel and you hate him for you know you hate him. Yeah, I don't care. I don't care if a person's a dick. Like I care if they do like some shady shit, but like I don't care if the guy's like an asshole to fans. No. And by the way, I've seen him around fans. He's not an asshole around no. fans. Dude, he was is one of the only guys to ever come up to me while doing extra work after I had a tryout match prior to the show and actually come up and give me advice and say, hey, I saw you out there. Here's what you did good. Here's what they say you should work on. You know, it, that's unsolicited. He, he came up to me and said, hey, I saw you out there. Good job. Work on this. That's what they said to work on. Believe me, you're not you're not getting that kind of advice when you go do extra work. You know, you're lucky if that's what you get. So uh, Baron Corbin, he's uh, he's over in my book. Cool yeah, dude. that's what I mean. Like everyone in the WWE can work for the most part. I yeah. think about 95 to 99 percent of the guys. So if you bring in a guy who has no experience and no desire to work at getting better, he's going to flame out. Yeah. Whereas, you know, there are these popular guys that, you know, it took these some of these guys forever. These the El Generico's and Kevin's took them forever to get to WWE. And then they got there and Vince loves them. Yep. But like, why did it take them so long to get there? Because they didn't get the opportunities that the athletes and the Instagram models get. Yeah. Well, yeah, you look at Kevin Owens and, and Sami Zayn. Let's just let's strip them down, right? Let's yeah. strip them down to just two cats on the street. You look at them and you go, oh, they're probably like, no. Yeah. And then you look at two like beefcakes, you know, like bodybuilder types and you go, oh, look at them. Yeah. They must be something to watch. And it's like, eh, actually, the diamond and the rough are Kevin Owens and, and Sami Zayn. Yeah. You know, like, they might not look anything like right now on the street, anything impressive, but wait till they get geared up and get in that ring and they're going to fucking blow your mind, you know? So it's because they had, they, they, that's what they wanted to do. They, they wanted to be professional wrestlers. And they did it. You know, I don't know. Whatever. That's just my opinion. Man. I agree. Yeah. I definitely agree. Yeah, dude. I don't know. What else are we going to talk about? This is like, we're really, sh- so Adam and I, prior to the show, we're like, what the fuck are we going to talk about? Because we, <laughs> there's literally nothing to talk about. There's not much for us to talk about, but hey, we're doing the best we can. There's a giant blizzard head to the, headed to the East Coast. Oh, for real? So, oh, that's right. I saw Duke. 
Yeah, Duke, poor Duke has to go buy another. He said he had to go buy another shovel or something. He has to, he has, he's straight up adulting over there. Do you know, there. maybe he talked about this when he was on the podcast, but why did he move back out there? I know he's from there, but is there a particular reason why he went back there? I can't remember. I can't remember exactly why he left. Man, I tell you, I, I remember that stuff from when I was a kid. Like, you got to get up like an hour before you leave to go to work just to shovel your way out. Scrape off if, the ice off your windshield. Scrape out the window. Sometimes your car is buried in the snow and you just have to shovel all that snow out of your driveway. Yeah. Like, I was like, man, I don't know why you'd ever want to go back to that. But yeah, I can't. I'm sure he told us, but I can't. You know, it must not be anything like really dramatic why he went back. Uh, it's just been a homesick thing. Like sometimes maybe. I think about wanting to go back to the East Coast too, and I don't know why. But and then you look at the temperatures. Right look at the now. temperature. You're like, oh yeah, never no, mind. That's now that's why I don't go there. Yeah, and it's uh, expensive. Yeah, I don't know. Uh, but I wish Duke was still out here. You know, I miss the the car rides. I, I miss you know talking to him, wrestling with him, all that kind of stuff. So I don't know. I'm sure he'll be back and come out here and visit at least. He's gonna be on here next week. You said right? Who is? Duke, he's going to oh, be on yeah, the podcast yeah, yeah. next week. We can ask him this question next week. Okay. We can ask him. So, Who's who's going to be back first, Duke or Devin? <laughs> <laughs> Maybe Duke. Um, but, yeah, Duke is uh, he's one of my favorite people in the wrestling. It was so funny. So I, I've told this. I don't, I don't know if I've told this on the podcast before, but I hated Duke when I first started training with him. <laughs> Literally, like, I hated Duke. He uh, – so – when I started in 2013 at SoCal Pro, he had already been wrestling for like, I don't know, two years, maybe something like that. Sounds about right, yeah. And Duke is just very much an introvert. And you don't, so you think you're getting kind of like the cold shoulder from him. And, uh, but you're not. Once you kind of like break through that and you start talking to him and you realize he's a great guy, but he just is kind of quiet, I guess. You know, who's like say. that too is Bateman. Uh, a little bit. I just remember, I remember the, like the first time I met Bateman, first couple of times we didn't really talk at all. And then I think we we said one thing to each other at a show one time. And then like we became, I talked to him all the time. Yeah. So it was like one of those. Yeah. It's one. Of, some people are like that. Some people are just on guard. It's wrestling. Like you don't yeah. know people like, dude, you know, what's funny is I, I tell this to Hunter all the time and I, it, it's, it's shitty that I have to say this to him, but Hunter his biggest flaw is he's too nice. Can you believe that? Can you believe that? Like Hunter's just an incredible Hunter probably grew up in a in a town where they don't lock their doors. Yeah. You know? And uh he's just a nice guy, man. And I I have I've told him, listen, man, you can't trust everybody that you meet in this wrestling business. You know, like put your fucking guard up a little bit. Because uh, you know, there's these there's cats out here that maybe aren't like the best people and they're gonna try and con you. We'll see how nice you are and they'll take advantage. They'll of work it. you, and uh, you know, unfortunately for Hunter, I, I feel like it's it's bitten him in the ass uh, a few times. And I've even like told him prior to getting bit in the ass, like Hunter, stop being so nice, man. Like you gotta like, you know, I don't know. It, it, it's a shit. It, it's it's a sh- you know it's a shitty situation or a shitty world we live in. When that's your flaw, is that you're too nice of a guy. Yeah. So. But it only really affects him in wrestling. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I guess it also could affect you if, like, you're trying to buy a car. Yeah. A car salesman will see that and take advantage of that, too, but. Use car dealer. Yeah, he's like, oh, no, no, this is the best they can do. And people that will fight with you, you find out 
they can actually do a lot less. Yeah. But if you just accept the first thing you're told when you're buying a car, they love that. Yeah. But anyways, that's about it, man. Are we, are we have to wrap it up and make it a short episode? I mean, it's not really that short. It's an hour and 15, so. That's not bad. It's 15 minutes shorter than what we usually are. Not bad. It's not bad. I think that's a... There's not really... Like I said, guys, uh, I'll be on that podcast next week, SoCal Pro Podcast. Uh, thank you to... Uh, is it the Yoshi podcast? Joshi. Is it Joshi? I don't know. I don't know how to say it. I don't want to embarrass myself. I shouldn't have said it. Well, he he interviews a lot of Japanese uh, yeah. wrestlers. Benny told me about it when we were over uh, at the school a couple weeks ago. We did the podcast with him. He said he knows the guy that and does I, the podcast. I don't know how to say it, but I'm thinking it's Yoshi. I think so. And I think he's the reason uh, the U.S. spelt Yoshi from Mario Brothers. Yeah. Is because if you saw J O S H I, you would say Joshi. That's what I said. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And so if you put a Y though, if you if you replace the Y with the J, you automatically go, oh, it's Yoshi. It's like the people that say gyro yeah. when it's actually euro. Euro. Yeah. But uh, anyways, if it's either Joshi or Yoshi podcast, yeah. thank you for uh, retweeting and and saying the kind words. We really appreciate it. And if you guys are uh, want to check out another wrestling podcast in the Southern California area, go give it a listen. It's the uh, Joshi or Yoshi podcast. And I'm sorry if I'm messing that up. You're just talking to two cats that don't speak Japanese. Nope. The only one who's been to Japan is not here. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, exactly. But anyways, go, uh, go. Thank you guys and go listen to them, please. Uh, appreciate it. I think that's about it, man. Start wrapping this up. Huh? I can't think of anything else to talk about. 10 Barrel Brewing, pub beer, cheap fun beer. What's up? Uh, listen to us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts. Go check out Steel Cage Radio. They carry our show too. Appreciate it. Thanks, Derek. Um, didn't Derek uh, take a swing at you one time? No, I took a swing at him. Oh, he took a swing at him. All right. It's a picture that became like trending on Twitter, I think. Sick, sick. Uh, and hey, hopefully... Uh, the new year will have some shows opening up. Uh, we have some possible bookings at the beginning of next year, but you don't know what's going to happen. So hopefully those bookings will still be around when we get to it, but uh, we'll usually, keep you informed. Usually December is quiet for wrestling anyway, right? Even yeah. even on years where this isn't happening, I always feel like December's a month where they don't run a lot of shows. Yeah, actually, uh, I was just telling this to uh, Robin Shaw and Sexy Fab. A lot of schools will sometimes close for uh, December because nobody shows up. Yeah. Because why? Well, it's 5 o'clock here in San Diego, and it feels like it's 8.30 at night because it's getting dark so early. It's getting cold. Nobody wants to go bump in the cold or, you know, warm up. So December is typically a slower time for wrestling. Uh not compare like you hear about like the old days, and they're like, oh man, the biggest night of re- for wrestling was like Thanksgiving night or like you know like the holidays. It's so funny they'd be like, oh yeah, sold out, sold out shows in like these arenas uh, on like Christmas night. <laughs> you know, like it's just like yeah, that's not how it works anymore. I feel like you could like I know a couple of years ago they ran like Raws on Christmas. I'm like, but no one's watching the show. If you don't go to it, you're not. You're probably not watching it. Like I'm not going to go to my mom's on Christmas and be like, "Hey, mom, I got to watch Raw." So I would. 
Would you? I would. If, I not, mean, not over the last couple of years, I would. If if I was a kid and it was 1999, yeah, yeah I'd be watching. Yeah, when that. I was a kid, I got like tickets to an MSG show for Christmas. So like, yeah, Hell yeah. Back then, yeah, it's different. Hell yeah. All right, guys, appreciate you listening to us. Uh, we'll be back again next week with another new episode. Hopefully, Devin will be back. Don't know. We'll figure it out when the when that comes around. But, uh, hey, guys, if you want the tip, Adam, what do they got to do? You should uh, take the whole hog. Take the whole hog. Adios. (laughs) 